All right, welcome on in to the Wasatch Jazz Talk podcast. Again, this is the second episode of this podcast. Um, decided to, uh, if you're not familiar with it, I decided to start this one um, because I have the main NBA channel, um, which everything is for now is underneath the Wasatch Podcast Network. Um, until I figure out how to further expand, have multiple podcasts. Um, for now, we'll just be all everything will be under the Wasatch Podcast Network. Um, but I decided to start this one because on the main channel, on the NBA one, I would have times where, because I'm such a big jazz fan and I I follow them as much as I do, I would get to talking about a certain subject and somehow I'd always bring it back to the jazz and I'd have and I'd have these long segments that I would go back and listen to after I'd done it and decide I had to redo it because I had started out talking about, I don't know, um, the NBA expanding out to China and Europe and somehow I'd get to talking about how Mike Conley is going to fit with the Jazz this upcoming season, you know? So... Again, that's that's the big reason I decided to to branch out a little bit here and <clears throat> do this weekly um, jazz focused podcast. Um, for uh, for this week, we're gonna just cover some of the general news that's going on. Talk about how the team's been doing lately. Um, next week, though, um, because it'll be Thanksgiving, I'm gonna be home, <clears throat> be around my siblings. Um, at least my little brother, maybe some other of my siblings, we're going to do a, uh, kind of a, the best of the jazz. You know, we'll, we'll talk about who was the best all time at each position. We'll talk about some of the other ones, some of the other guys that have played for the team over the years, some of the coaches. We'll talk about some jazz history. Um, so that'll be a fun one to, to check out. Um, again, these will come out. Every single Saturday at 6 a.m. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and get going into what I wanted to talk about today. Um, first off, um, just a couple days ago, <clears throat> the Jazz decided to waive Stanton Kidd and bring up from their G League team, Jawan Morgan. Um, they signed him to a multi-year deal. It sounds like it's going to be a, a non-guaranteed deal. <clears throat> Or at least partial guaranteed. Um, But there is a possibility that he's signed up with the Jazz for the next two or three years. Um, First off, Stanton Kidd. I really like the guy. Um, And that's that's the thing with just about everybody on the Jazz. They they don't just bring in good players. They bring in guys that are are great in the community. They're just good people in general. They're likable. And so... Even though there's guys that don't have that huge of an impact on the team, it's kind of hard to see them go. Um, this last summer, seeing so many guys leave the Jazz, it was hard. I mean, it was it was really cool to see the guys that they brought in, the way the teams progressed, the new direction they're heading in. Um, but you know, it was hard to see guys like Howell Neto and and. Uh, 
Jay Crowder, Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, Kyle Korver, um, Grace Allen. It was hard to see these guys leave. And I think that's, as long as Dennis Lindsay is in charge of the Jazz, I think that's the way it's going to be for a long time to where you you get attached to these guys. If you follow the team, even though, you know, Stanton Kidd, throughout this whole season, he's played four minutes altogether. He's gotten in for four games, played about a minute in each game. Um, I know that's not right. He's he played about fifteen minutes in four four games. Um, and it was just you know garbage time minutes. Um, but anyway, I'm hoping I'm hoping that Stanton Kidd decides to stay around with the Jazz. I'd like to see him play with the Salt Lake City Stars. Um. And eventually, hopefully, get another chance with the Jazz. You know, if they were to, you know, in mid-season pull off a trade to where they opened up a roster spot or two, it would be really cool to see Stanton Kidd come on back. Uh, but anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about Jawan Morgan, the guy that they just brought in. You know, I've I've been talking with other Jazz fans about what it is this team's missing and who they could possibly look into. There's not really that many great free agents available at this moment. Um, but I was looking at like Kenneth Reed, uh, maybe bring Trevor Booker back. Um, but basically what I, what I think the jazz, something that the jazz really needed is somebody that just goes 100% every single second that they're on the floor. I mean, if there's a loose ball, they're diving for it. They're always jumping in in front for chart to take charges. They're always running up and down the court. They always give everything they've got while they're on the court. And that's what Jawan Morgan is. Now he's he's a talented guy. I mean, he's not just all effort. He's got talent. Um he's about six seven, six eight. He'll play the power forward position. Um <laughs> Hopefully in time he can pick up a three-point shot. He's, he's 22, um, so he still has time to develop some more skills. Um, I think at first, just like Stanton Kidd, we'll see him only in garbage time. But I think he's a guy that by the time we get to the end of the season, I think he could earn some actual minutes with the team, especially with the challenges that, that George Niang's had when he's been in, Tony Bradley, um, and the fact that the bench unit just has not been that good, um, I think Jawan Morgan can be a guy that um, goes in there and gives them just a, gives him a spark when he gets into the game. Uh, another guy that I think at some point I'd like to see get some time is uh, Jarrell Brantley, who's on a two way contract with the team right now. He's doing pretty good with the with the G League team. Um, but he's a guy that just a ball of energy gets after it like no other. Um, and I, I think the jazz have a, a bit of a shortage in those types of guys. They have really skilled players right now. Um, but again, I think Juwan Juwan Morgan for what the team needs at this moment is a better fit than Stanton kid. But it, as I said, I would like to see Stanton Kidd back with the Jazz at some point. I'd like to see him get another chance in the NBA. Uh, moving on to other news, Dante Exum is back. Um, he's not playing a ton of minutes yet. Uh, the kid hasn't played basketball in 
eight months. Um, so ob- obviously they're going to bring him a- along slowly, get him accustomed to the speed of the NBA. But this guy, even with, you know, he tore his ACL uh, going into his second year in the league. He's coming back from a torn patellar tendon. And he is still probably the fastest guy on the Jazz. He is so quick. Um, in that first game that he got playing time in uh, with the Timberwolves, uh, decision-making with the ball in his hands, not great. But he blew by his guy so fast, got to the basket so quickly. Um, and on defense, he really frustrated Jeff Teague when, when he was on him. Um, so I'm really excited to see him back. Hopefully he can finally start to put some stuff together and stay healthy. Um, there's a lot of Jazz fans out there that think that they just need to get rid of him. And, you know, with how much he's been injured, I can I can kind of see what they're saying. But, man, when he's, when he's healthy, he just gives the Jazz something that they don't have. He is, uh, along with Royce O'Neal, he is the best perimeter defender on that whole team. Um, you can put him on any guard or basically any small forward that doesn't have the size, the, the weight and strength that LeBron and Kawhi Leonard have basically any other small forward other than those guys, and he'll shut them down. I mean, a couple years ago in the playoffs, we saw him shut down James Harden uh, on a couple possessions. Um, so I'm hoping he can stay healthy. I'm hoping he can continue to progress and get some more minutes and be valuable for this team. Um, the Jazz have won their last two games. Uh they lost to the Timberwolves this last Monday. Um, defense was still good. That Their offense just really struggled. And one of the things that they really struggled with is something that I talked about in this last podcast, this last Jazz Talk podcast was, and it, I mostly talked about Mike Conley, but it goes for all the guards. Conley, uh, Mitchell, Moutier, and Exum are really fast and pretty darn good ball handlers to where they get they can blow by just about anybody in the league and get uh you know into that mid-range area the big problem is every single one of them gets to that spot and Mitchell's a little bit better at it than the others but a lot of them they blow past their guy and they get tunnel vision all they see from that point is the basket and a lot of times the you know the defense will hop in front of them they'll be coming either a really bad shot or a forced pass and it become you know causes a lot of turnovers causes a lot of missed shots going into this next the next game against the the Timberwolves that they played on Wednesday night um Snyder told especially Conley he's like you guys got to slow down. And this is what I was talking about in the last podcast. Was you get past that screen. You get past your guy. 
You don't immediately have to go attack the basket. You don't immediately have to make a decision. You can, you know, you can pass out. You could dribble into the middle, kind of like uh, Chris Paul does. You could even go all the way to the basket and Nash dribble, which is something Mike Conley's never done in his career. He did it three times in that Timberwolves game, and it was su- successful all three times. Um, and if you don't know what a Nash dribble is, you come up, you're attacking the basket. So let's say you're attacking the right side of the basket. There's not a shot there, <clears throat> and there's not a pass immediately available. Well, instead of trying to force something, you just continue to dribble underneath the basket and come out the other side to where you're kind. it's kind of the, similar to being at the top of the key, being able to run the offense, seeing the whole court, but you're just seeing it from the other angle. And Nash was great at this. And this is something Ricky Rubio did pretty well for the Jazz, to where he would do that. And teams got so used to him finding the pass off of that that they would just leave him alone. He would Nash dribble and then just get a nice little uh, reverse layup. And so we saw Conley starting to do that. Um, And hopefully Exum can start to implement a little bit of that into his game. Um, Mitchell is really good at changing his speeds. And taking his time in the mid-range. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about is Moutier. Um, Moutier, when we signed him this summer, it was to teach him basketball. Like, that's the reason his agent wanted him to come to the Jazz. Um, he's an amazing athlete. Extremely fast. He's strong. Um, just insane athlete. Um, and he's figured out some things in his game to to get him some points here and there. But the big thing with him is, so this kid came from the Congo, moved to the U.S., went to the uh, Deion Sanders primetime high school or something like that, some sort of private school that Deion Sanders started. The school was real... Ruled ineligible, so his senior year he couldn't even play basketball. And then instead of going to college and playing for SMU, Coach Larry Brown, one of the better coaches of all time, um, he decided to go to China because they were going to give him a million bucks to go play there. So he goes over and plays in China, gets, you know, and he's with Chinese coaches, doesn't understand the language, um, he gets hurt. He only plays, I think, for like 14 games, comes to the NBA, gets drafted by the Nuggets, immediately gets thrown in there, doesn't get any time to develop, any time to learn behind a a veteran or anything like that, and then, you know, really struggles, gets shipped off to New York, and for a lot of the season, it became his show, and he did pretty well with that. Not great, but he was doing better. But this summer, you know, he became a free agent. And I'm sure he could have gotten more money to go somewhere else. Maybe been a starter for another team. Um, But his his agent convinced him to come to the Jazz to learn the game of basketball. Um, And you're starting to see that happen. One of the things that Moutier, I, I think, still doesn't really understand about himself, or maybe the Jazz are starting to get him to realize this is even though he's extremely fast, he's not able to turn to go from running full speed to jumping straight up. You know, you see Mitchell do this, you see LeBron do this, you see the great athletes do this. 
But Moutier does not have that ability to go full speed, you know, heading in a lateral direction, horizontal direction, and turn it immediately vertical and get up high. What happens because of this is when he takes his shot, he's further away from the basket because, again, he's not getting up 30 inches. He's getting up 10 inches off the floor. He's not getting fouled as much because he's not able to get up and and make the center make the center's job hard with trying to stop his shot from you know which it at that point you know a guy like Mitchell the ball is only like five inches away from the basket well with Moutier with the way he he can't get up like that that ball's got another four or five feet to travel to get all the way to the basket so it's easier on the defender which means that Moutier is not a great around-the-basket finisher. I mean, if you look at his career stats, he's not good at finishing around the basket. Well, all this to say, there was something in the Warriors game today that you could see, and I think the Jazz are starting to work this into his game. He's a big guy. He's 6'4", he's muscular, he's strong. They had him start posting up on a smaller guard. Kai Bowman was on him. Kai Bowman is maybe 6'1", 180 pounds, soaking wet. And so Moutier was just turning his back on him and pushing him down into the post and using little fadeaways, little hook shots. And Moutier has always been really good in the mid-range throughout his whole career. And this is one of those those areas where you can see the difference in the way Moutier's playing versus him in Denver and New York. Now that he's finally actually has some coaching, actually has somebody worried about him actually getting better over time. Um, you see these little skills that he's starting to pick up on. And if you really watch the Jazz game to game, you'll see other players pick up little things over time and... You know, pick up extra little skills, get better at doing this, stop doing this one thing that was really inefficient altogether. Um, I, I truly believe that the Jazz have one of the best coaching staffs in the NBA. Quinn Snyder is an amazing coach, but he has a huge staff that their main focus is player development. They spend a lot of time getting these guys better. You know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are... All-star level, you know, maybe fringe all-star level players already. You know, Rudy Gobert has been two-time defensive player of the year. And they work with their coaches. They have coaches working with them every single day on just these tiny little minute things that I really don't think other that many teams are really worried about. You'll see Rudy add new post moves, add new things on defense. Um get into better position on offense and defense. You'll see Mitchell add little things to his offensive game, um, especially his rookie year. If you watched him his rookie year, him working with Johnny Bryant, you would see him learn new offensive moves, it seemed, game to game. I mean, it it was just absolutely insane. Um, And I think that's really... That's the big reason that B.J. Armstrong, the free, uh, the agent for 
Emmanuel Moutier wanted him to come to the Jazz. And I think the Jazz are starting to get that uh, reputation as being a team to where if you come here, we can help you with those little things to make you a much better player. I mean, when the Jazz picked up Joe Ingles, he was a good international player. But going into his second season, the Jazz told him he was the fifth wing. He was going to be behind Hayward, Hood, Burks, and I'm trying to think who was on the team back then. Um, shoot. Anyway, there, he was going to be the fifth wing. Well, they had a lot of injuries, and all of a sudden, by the time you get to the end of the season, he's starting right next to to Hayward. Hayward leaves in free agency, and Ingles stepped right on in, and he's continued to get better. He's continued to add these little skills as he's gone along. Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal played over in Europe, and now he's our starting power forward. The guy's six foot four. He's our starting power forward, and he's doing amazing. Shooting over 50% from three. He doesn't take a lot of shots. He helps move the ball. He doesn't take shots away from his teammates. And he plays amazing defense. We put him on the other team's best perimeter player, and he's done amazing this whole this whole year so far. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about before we end this episode is the Jazz bench. In some games, they've been doing pretty well. Um, but there's a lot of games where that bench really lets them down. When Gobert comes off of the floor, Conley... Bogdanovich come off the floor it's usually Mitchell and then the rest of the bench guys and Mitchell will kind of keep them even not let them get absolutely destroyed but that bench unit needs some help um you know Jeff Green is an older guy um still a very good athlete not a great three-point shooter um but you can't really expect to get the 12, 13 points a night out of him anymore. You're looking at more, you know, six to eight points a game. Emmanuel Moutier is still learning how to play basketball, essentially. Um, Ed Davis should hopefully be back around the first week of December. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how he can fit in with this group. Um, before he got injured, he was having a hard time, but they were better as a bench unit with him than they've been without. Um, Tony Bradley's really worked hard these last few years to get better, but he is just not not at Ed Davis's as level. And Jeff Green can kind of play the backup five, but again, not at, at Ed Davis's level. Dante Exum is still coming along. Hopefully, um, as he continues to get more comfortable, he can become... A uh, better contributor off the bench for them. Um, and George Niang has just fallen out of the rotation, really. Um, he is just too just awful at defense for them to, to give him minutes. Um, he can hit the three. He's a very unselfish player. But his defense is just, just awful. Um... And also, you know, Joe Ingles is running that bench unit, which I think is a good thing. I, I think Joe is a great bench player. Problem is, he plays a lot of minutes with Donovan. He plays a lot of minutes with Emmanuel Moutier. 
Donovan wants the ball in his hands. Emmanuel Moutier is kind of a selfish player. Doesn't like moving the ball a lot. And I think for the the first thing that the, they need to do is put the ball in Joe's hands, let him run the pick and roll, let that be the bench unit. Um, let him control the pace. Um, I think they have a little bit more success there. Um, another thing to look into is the possibility of looking towards free agency or trades. <clears throat> now, in a future episode, I'll talk more about what the Jazz have available to them um, <clears throat> as far as making a trade happen. Um, one of the things the Jazz have a problem with right now is they don't really have any tradable contracts. Um, you'll see teams like the Hornets, the Heat, the Blazers, they have these guys that are in the $8 million to you know, $16 million-ish range that you can add those guys together, throw a couple picks with it, and it becomes a lot easier to trade for guys with bigger contracts. problem the Jazz have right now is you have Rudy, Mike Conley, who are both making you know, 30-ish million a year. Bogdanovich is making 17. And Mitchell is only making about four. But those four guys, you're not going to move them. Joe Ingles is making about 10. You're not going to move him. Really, the only tradable contract you have that you would consider moving is Dante Exum at about $10 million a year. Problem is, he doesn't have much of a market right now. And if he gets to the point where he's playing good enough to have a market, you don't want to get rid of him because the strengths that he has are just absolutely amazing. At, after that, the next highest contract is Ed Davis at about $5 million a year. Ed Davis is a great backup center. I'd really like to see what he can do behind Rudy as he gets more comfortable in the system. But I wouldn't throw it out completely as a possibility to trade him. I just don't think it's very likely, at least not this year. And then after that, you get to minimum contracts and two-way contracts. Um, the guys on lower contracts that I could see possibly get moved. And again, as I said before, you really like all the guys that are on the Jazz. Like, they're good guys, and they're guys that can help. And so it's hard to, to put these guys into trade scenarios because it's hard to, you know, think of saying, you know, goodbye to these guys. But, you know, we got to look at what, um, you know, what is the ultimate goal here with the Jazz? And that's to win the West, make it to the finals. Um, so, again, in a future episode, I'll get way more in-depth with this. But mostly what I wanted to talk about with this as far as the Jazz continue to get better, is, um, you know, there's, there's free agents available. There's a few. There's some decent guys. Um, but Andy Larson, I think he works for the Salt Lake Tribune. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's who he works for. But anyway, he's a beat writer for the Jazz. He's worth the Jazz. Every single day, he's the one that gets out all the injury reports, any team news, stuff like that. Um... So anyway, his sources with the Jazz have told him, told him that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't look for the Jazz to really go out and make a trade, or to sign one of these free agents, until the buyout market hits. Which, if you're unfamiliar with that, around the All Star game, 
Um, teams will buy players out of their contracts. It's usually veterans that just are not worth the money or they're not getting minutes on the team. And so the team will pay out the rest of, of their, their contract um, and allow them to go into free agency. And then teams can pick them up for the last 25, 30 games or so of the season and for the playoffs. Um, last year, you know, we saw Jeremy Lamb go to the Raptors after getting bought out. Um, in years past, we saw Joe Johnson get bought out after getting traded to the Kings, went to the Rockets. Um, this season, the big guy that everybody's looking at is Andre Iguodala. Um, a lot of people think he'll get bought out. He'll go to the Lakers. Um, he probably would go back to the Warriors if they were in championship contention and he was available to. That's one of the big things is if you get bought, bought out of your contract right after getting traded, you can't go back to the team you were traded to or traded from. So Iguodala was traded from the Warriors to the Grizzlies this year. Um, he could not go back to the Warriors this year unless he was traded to another team and then released. Um, so like um, when the Jazz made the trade for Michael Conley, uh, Kyle Korver was part of that deal. If the Grizzlies had bought out Korver, the Jazz wouldn't have been eligible to re-sign him or to sign him back. He gets traded to the Suns and then bought out the Jazz. Theoretically could have made a move, brought him back. Um, so anyway, Andre Iguodala is not a guy that I think the Jazz are really in the running for. That'd be awesome. He'd be really great fit on the bench. Um, but here are some, some guys that I've been thinking about that could possibly be candidates to get bought out. And again, these are not going to be superstars, but these are guys that can come in, give you eight to 12 to maybe even 20 minutes a game, but fill holes and help you, you know, take that last little leap, um, to get to championship contention. Um, so there's a couple guys with the Hawks, um, Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons is about uh, 6'9", 6'10", small forward, power forward. He would add some shooting. Um, he would add good length on the defense. Not a great defender, but he just adds good length. Um, decent ball handler, can actually run the pick and roll at 6'10". Um, but he's had a lot of problems with injuries over the last couple years. But again, you're not looking for a superstar here. You're looking for somebody that can come in, give you some solid minutes, and help you out. Another guy with the Hawks, and I I, I really don't think they're going to buy him out, but it's a possibility, is uh, Alan Crabb. Alan Crabb is a 6'6 shooting guard. Really good shooter. That's about it. Um, with the Grizzlies. Um, they also have Iguodala, as I said before. Um, but there's another one in Solomon Hill. <clears throat> Solomon Hill, decent three-point shooter. Re pretty darn good uh, perimeter defender. Um, could be a guy they look into. Another is Nicholas Batum of the Charlotte Hornets. Six foot eight. Um, can play either guard position or the small forward. Can handle the ball. Can run the pick and roll. Um, but with him, he has one more year on his deal 
left for next year. So I don't I'm not counting on the Hornets really buying him out. If they do, it'll be next season. Um but also with the Hornets is Bismack Biombo. Um if for whatever reason they decided to trade away Ed Davis or he's just not working out, Biombo could come in. He's a good shot blocker, he's an okay rebounder. Doesn't really give you much on the offensive end, but again, you're not you're not looking for a starter level player. You're just looking for somebody that can come in and be a decent backup. Um, and then the last guy that comes to mind would be Tyler Johnson with the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, about six three combo guard could play the one or the two. Um, you know, he would he would add some some more ball handling. So a little bit more three-point shooting. He's a tough kid. Not a great defender, but he's a hustler. Um, but one thing with these with guys on buyout, um, if you're unfamiliar with, with the way that works, is it's usually teams that are, are out of the playoff race. They want to start playing their younger guys, give them some more minutes, give them some experience. Um, so these guys that they're buying out could could be helpful to the team um but at this point they don't really need that contribution so instead of just making that guy sit on the bench for the whole rest of the season or just give him a few spot minutes just to kind of make him feel good you let him go you pay him out the rest of his contract and let him go to a contender and you know try and win a championship or at least have a push into the playoffs um so again that it's coming from Andy Larson. Again, if you're not unfamiliar with him, I look into him. He's a great resource for all things jazz. Um, but he's he thinks the place to look for for the jazz to try and improve this roster just a little bit more would be the buyout market um, around the All Star game. So you know mid February. Um, until that point, I would not expect too many more changes with this roster. I think they just need more time together on the court um, to continue, you know, building that chemistry and getting better, figuring out how to run Quinn Snyder's offense. Um, my la- the last episode was about Mike Conley and his struggles. Since that point, he's been playing way better. His shooting percentage is coming up. His points per game is coming up. His assists, his rebounds, everything. Um, and as I said in that last one, it's just he just needed more time. He's a super smart guy. He's just a great player. Just needs more time figuring things out. So with that, we'll go ahead and end this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, as always, you can all message me on Instagram at Wasatch Basketball Pod. You can send me an email at Wasatch Basketball Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Love to hear from you. Um, go Jazz.